0: Love talk radio. Lady Miss Cloddy,
1: Lady Miss Cloddy, Lord Miss Cloddy.
0: Hello. Welcome to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show for Saturday, September 5th, 2009. I'm your host, Lardy Miss Clardy, and your co-host is Brother Blondie. Say something, brother. What's going on?
1: Uh, nothing much. The, the buck's barely pulled it out. Go Buckeyes.
0: All right, all right. We coming at you live from Columbus, Ohio, with fresh news every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We have a great show for you, but before we get started, let's lay a rule. When you call in to speak your opinions, comments, or views, please turn your speakers on or down you know, your speakers on your mobile phone and on your landline, landlines down so that we won't have a lot of interference, if you know what I mean. Now we got that out of the way. Now we have a guest that's going to come onto our show. His name is Doug Shear, a.k.a. Bob Silverstein. Doug will be talking about how to avoid getting ripped off by get-rich-quick schemes. Doug has published a book called America Karma. So, in that, that's the twilight of the marijuana gods about how he encountered with Glenn Turner Enterprises the most notorious get-rich-quick pyramid scheme of the 20th century. That personal experience gave him a deep insight into the minds of rip-off artists. So stay tuned for that here in a few minutes more, okay? Now, if you have... Any comments that you want to make uh, on this particular segment that we are doing, please call in at 347-884-8684. That is 347-884-8684. And if you'd like something to say or something to say to either me and Brother Blondie, you can contact us at WClarty at Families and or email brother at hotmail Now we'll be we will be right back, okay? So don't go anywhere. Yeah.
2: Over the watching, Big money, big wow. Wow. But, uh... <laughs>
0: All right, all right. This is the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show for September fifth, two 2009, and we are back. And what we just heard is some nice music coming from Brother Blondie, and I'm going to shoot it right on over here to Brother Blondie so that he could tell us what is going on over there with Hey, 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 Hey. hey. Brother Blondie, who was Hey, Hey?
1: Well, from her uh platinum cd the emancipation of mimi those are the sounds of mariah carey featuring snoop dogg and if it's worth your while say something and you know we're gonna follow that with a michael jackson update you know uh this past uh thursday michael jackson was finally laid to rest and uh you you know, it was a nice, decent crowd. You know, Al Sharpton was there. You know, the whole family looked at uh, nice. Janet, uh, what can I say, uh, she looked at uh, very elegant. Uh, you you know, he's finally uh, laid the rest. The sad part about his uh, death still, Lardy Miss Clardy, is, you, you know, I'm surprised that the police so far are only investigating Dr. Conrad Murray and you and i both know he's uh not the only doctor that uh prescribed uh, uh michael jackson uh, these uh pills and you you know for you know him to be the, the only one being in, in, investigated and, and you know i guess they doing that cuz you know lardy miss quarty uh no, nobody wants to admit this uh you you know we're the only talk show uh that has said this uh lardy miss Cardi, but I think the police is going to look at this as a simple black-on-black crime, and because it is uh, black-on-black, they are going to look at it only as uh, manslaughter. That that means no life without parole, no uh, uh, death penalty. Anybody who thinks that uh, that's going going to happen in the uh, uh, Michael Jackson case, I'm here to tell you uh, first and foremost that you are uh, uh, totally wrong. And, and, and you know hopefully uh unfortunately you you know you'll hear Michael Jackson's sightings like he's still alive and all those uh type things like you hear about Elvis and like you hear about uh Tupac Shakur uh but but you know let the man you know uh finally rest in peace and you you know much much love to Michael Joseph Jackson
0: Thank you, Brother Blondie. That's an awesome comment that you gave. I think you're absolutely right about that. And they should allow Michael Jackson to rest. I mean, that's a lot of stuff, you know, that he had to go through while he was living. And now that he has been laid in the ground, he's been through a lot, too. So definitely that was a great comment to say. Again, you know, we are here on the Lardy Miss Cardi Blog Talk radio show this evening because we have a guest that is going to speak to us about how to avoid getting ripped off by get-rich-quick schemes. And his name is Doug Shear, uh, a.k.a. Bob Silverstein. And as I said before at the beginning of the show here, that he has recently published a book called American Karma, Twilight of the Marijuana Gods, about how he encountered with Glenn Turner Enterprises, the most notorious get-rich-quick pyramid scheme of the 20th century. And that personal experience gave him a deep insight into the minds of rip-off artists. So, you know, I think that uh, if we're going to get to this, we might as well get to this quick, fast, in a hurry, because we need to know what's going on, and how to not become a victim, to quit, get-rich schemes and scams, as we may call it here. And so I would like to uh, call this caller and to see if he is on the line. Caller 4199, are you on the line? Is this Doug Shear?
3: If that's me, yes, it is.
0: Hey Doug, how are you? Welcome to the Larkin Miss Party Blog Talk Radio Show. I'm glad to hear from you.
3: Well, thank you. I'm glad you invited me to
0: come on. Okay, now we're here today because we want to know what we got to do to keep from being ripped off by scam artists, and only you can tell us about that. So start by telling us about yourself, and, you know, and, and especially about this book called American Karma. Tell us a little bit about that and about yourself.
3: Um, okay, thank you. Uh, first of all, uh, I loved your intro. That was probably the nicest intro I've ever received. Uh, from wow, my- thank those- you. Thank, thank you very much for that, and uh, the book is, uh, is not just about uh, the get-rich scheme that I got involved in. Um, it's about, I was 17 years old at the time. I was, uh, I guess you'd call me a hippie back in the 70s, and I was hitchhiking around the country and having one adventure after another, and it culminated in getting involved in this get-rich-quick scheme with Glenn Turner Enterprises. Um yeah, I was yeah. I was really lucky that uh it only cost uh, me or actually my parents five hundred five hundred dollars to get involved. My friend who was in it with me spent twenty five hundred dollars okay. and uh and it gave us a real sense as to um how they really push on people's emotional buttons and play on their desperation and their Bye. hopes. And I uh, you know, when I have a chance I'd like to just share some of that information with you or answer any questions. I think- Absolutely,
0: absolutely. I also want to introduce you to my co host, Brother Blondie, who will be on the show with me. He's always with me, Doug. And you know, and I think that uh, you know, in introducing you to Brother Blondie, you will know that he is going to also have questions to ask too. So, Brother Blondie, this is Mr. Doug Shear, and Mr. Doug Shear, have something
3: to say to Brother Blondie. Hey, how you doing, brother?
1: Oh, I'm uh uh doing all right, uh Mr. Sheer and yourself?
3: I'm doing great and please call me Doug. I all right, well
1: uh Doug, uh I wanna start this uh question off for you. Let's uh see if uh you you know how expert you really are.
3: Uh
1: <laughs> how there's very simple question. Okay. How did the envelope stuffing scam business start off? How how did that Uh, become a uh, big uh, scheme, because I see it in papers and on, uh, you know, websites all the time.
3: Sure. Well, how that scheme actually works is somebody says, send away for a kit, and we will teach you how to make money stuffing envelopes in your spare time. But what the kit really is, is instructions on how to place ads in newspapers and magazines offering to make people rich by stuffing envelopes in their spare time there is no actual stuffing envelope business it's just a pure scam so people spend two three four hundred dollars to find out that they can scam other people as well and that's how most most scams work there's no actual product
1: okay uh uh you 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 know one of the things about the uh uh get rich uh quick uh scheme business you you know like uh, uh assembling products and things uh like that uh the better business bureau always says that all uh you know business opportunities all work at home businesses are uh, scams do you agree with their analysis on that
3: well not 100% i would say probably 90 90- of work-at-home businesses are scams. There are some. What differentiates a scam from a real opportunity is whether there's an actual product and whether the money is made from selling the product or selling the right to sell the product, which is the franchise. So, for example, I don't have a real beef with Mary Kay Cosmetics or with Amway because people can actually make money getting involved in these things, They'll make more money selling the product to their friends and their relatives, their neighbors, their coworkers, than they will getting people to buy the franchise. So there are some work-at-home things that actually do make money, but there are a lot of work. They're not easy, and they require a real sales ability to make them work.
0: Okay, Doug, Um that's awesome. That's awesome information right there, you know, because a lot of people do have questions about the envelope stuffing business and the various businesses that are out there and and how, you know, some people do get ripped off not knowing that it is a scam. I'm talking about in, in various areas that you just now got finished talking about. Now, um, you said that you spent 20-plus years in the credit union industry educating members about the verbal waterboarding techniques used by common and scam artists. Talk about that a little bit. I'm interested.
3: Okay. Well, first of all, the uh, the credit union industry is, is different than the banking industry per se because it's a not-for-profit organization. So okay. they're not out to, to make money for our stockholders. They basically exist for the members. And so as I was involved with them, it gave me an opportunity to really provide a lot of education the membership, and, and, of course, in doing that, I got, you know, additional education myself. Um, now, as far as the, the verbal waterboarding techniques that are used, and then thank you for picking up on that line. I, I kind of liked it, and I wasn't sure if anybody would. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they really use a variety of techniques, uh, most of which I learned and which are, which are in my book, um, and they, they really involve a variety of things. Uh, number one, they will appeal, appeal to a person's greed. They're going to find okay. out what it is that you really like, and they're going to just fan those fires and make you want that thing so bad that they'll just get you all filled with, with greed. And that's, but that's not the main thing. What right. they really do is they try and break you down by playing off of different emotional buttons, for example, your ego. They okay. will look you right in the eyes, and they will say, you know, are you a winner or are you a loser? Do you want to be a loser all your life? You know, mm. um, they we really... We heard yeah. that. Pardon me?
0: I said, and we have heard that on, even on, you know, commercials on TV.
3: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a biggie. And they really make yep. you yep. feel that if you're not part of this whole, you know, organization to, to make money, and if you're not making a lot of money, that you are, in fact, a loser. So they'll, they'll play on that particular psychological button. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a few more. Uh, one of the ones they use a lot is they will play off of a person's sense of generosity. They will say, for example, wouldn't you like to be able to donate money to your church? Wouldn't oh, you like did
0: to- you talk about donate money to the church?
3: Oh, well, that's a, I got a, uh, oh, that's a big backwards. one right there. <laughs> is, is they really
0: <laughs> use that
3: now? Oh, absolutely. They used it 30 years ago, and they, they use it today. Come on, uh, Doug, tell us about it. Well, they're gonna, they, i got to tell you this. They they use God a lot. There's a real cult <laughs> quality to Ooh. get schemes. Um, the real hardcore ones use God a lot. God wants you yes. to be rich. God doesn't want you to be poor. You're one of God's children. He wants you to be wealthy so that you can provide for your family. He wants you to be wealthy so you can give to your church. He wants you to be wealthy so you can help your neighbor. He wants you to be wealthy so you can buy a new wheelchair for your grandmother. Laughing um, at this, and you wonder why anybody would, But people fall for it all the time. And, Man. you know, it, you'd think you'd have to be crazy to do that. But it's a multi billion dollar industry, the get rich quick industry, multi billions of dollars. Uh, and not just Bernie Madoff, who's responsible for about 50 billion of it himself. Mm-hmm. Um, just just regular people like you and I that get you know taken all the time with these things. The other uh, verbal waterboarding technique they'll play on is, is fear. You know, aren't you afraid? What if you lose your job? Don't you want to right. be boarding? You know, um, and particularly in times like this, you know, and when people are out of work and people are desperate. Uh they play on that fear and and they they can just play you like a violin, so it's not like they hit on one thing, but they hit on your greed, your ego, your fear, your generosity your 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 religious feelings. I mean they hit on every mm-hmm. one of the little burners until they eventually wear you down and get you to hand them some money
0: Wow, uh, I, I want to ask this you know I, I, you know now you've got me thinking about some of the things that come through my mail mailbox. Oh. Okay, and and those things that come through your mailbox is basically, um, uh, you say like the churches uh, that go through writing you letters through your mail to get you to send money to them. What do you think about that?
3: Well, I don't think very well of them. I think that the whole televangelist industry the is very, very similar to the get-rich-quick industry. In fact, it's really the same thing. Except they are able to do it legally because they can skirt the, the law, because they're registered as a church. They don't have to actually provide a product, or really even a service. All they have to do is say, "Give us money," and you know, and they'll quote from the Bible. You know, uh, yes. cast your bread upon the water; it returns to you many fold. I, I couldn't quote you scripture at this point, but um, <laughs> they, they do. I mean,
0: they, I'm not la- I'm not laughing at that. I mean, because that's so true. Because I have picked up in my mailbox. You know, people, uh, from different churches, you know, I'll name, you know, I don't want to name none, but definitely they come through there asking for, you know, that you are supposed to be wealthy and rich. And if you send $20, you know, and we'll send you this or that, some, some spring water that's supposed <laughs> exactly. to give you power. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, uh, and I'll be like saying to myself, come on now, you know, do you have to solicit, Like that, especially when I see, you know, on the letter that you can't come to God with an empty hand. Now, that's a waterboarding scheme, if I've never, or technique that I've ever heard, you know, coming from, you know, something like that. And, you you know, what you're saying, it, it makes much sense. You know, and that's why I put it out there like that, because I'm not laughing. It's just that, you know, hey, they're trying to find a way to win you, to get what they can out of you, and as you said, try to play on your your compassion, you know, your fear, and all the rest of that, and I believe that what you are saying is absolutely correct, and, you know, and I want to also ask in the process of this, you know, uh, you know, what have, what 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 do you what what would you prescribe for people that may go through stuff like this you know do you think that they should continue getting those letters from the mail or listening to some of those issues or or the scams that be on t v that's playing on your on your on your uh on your ego or whatever? Do you think that these things, these people, should continue to do these things, or what? What kind of things should they really be looking out for? What are some of the, the, uh, the minute uh, uh, um, techniques that they use in speech to get you hooked?
3: Sure, that that that's a good uh, a question, Miss Clardy. Um, there's a couple of warning signs that you want to look out for.
0: And really it's a question, and
3: I'll tell you those in just a minute, it really is a question of education. Most people are going to get taken at least once with one of these schemes because at some point you kind of overcome your sense that it's wrong. You'll know it's wrong. You'll feel it. You'll have an intuition, this doesn't feel right. But maybe you're Uh just a little desperate and maybe it's not that much money, it's only $20, and you think to yourself, well, maybe it'll work. you know. But Uh they don't. But some of the warning signs you want to look out for. The first one is the, is a very obvious one, but I'll mention it anyway. And, and that's when somebody says to you, this is not a get rich quick scheme. Ah. If they say very, that. Ah. Get rich quick scheme. Okay, otherwise they wouldn't say it. Nobody with a legitimate uh, opportunity will ever say to you this is not a get rich quick scheme. So that's that's the first one. Okay. Uh, second one I would say to look out for is anything that comes across the internet. Okay, it's a scam. Anything that comes. Anything. Yeah, pretty much anything. So if you get a letter from a Nigerian prince who, who has you know because of your reputation.
0: Oh yeah, that's a good one. I'm
3: sure I've gotten dozens of those, uh, and there's different variations of those that come out there, and they and they play upon a person's sense of, of uh, self-worth. You know, they try to flatter Mm
2: -hmm. you.
3: You know, they say, oh, because of your wonderful reputation. You know, uh, we'd like you to help take this money and, and bring it into the country, and we'll give you a a percentage of it. And, you know, it, it kind of works. I mean, even even myself, as cynical as I am, for just a minute when I got that first one, I thought to myself, yeah, I have a good reputation. Why not, you know, uh, just for a <laughs> second. So I, I can imagine other people are certainly um, prone to that as well. But anything that comes across the Internet, and the thing is, the great thing about the Internet is if you do, if, they, if they do come up with a – a program that says you can make all this money, all you have to do is go to Google or Yahoo or whatever you like to search on and say, I hate, do a search that says, I hate the name of the program. And that will reveal people who have done websites that say this is a scam. And the Very e- nice. The easiest way to determine a scam is simply to type in your search terms, I hate, and then whatever you want it to be. Okay. And you'll probably find thousands of websites that are dedicated to people who were burned by that particular program. Okay. That's a great way to do it.
0: That's a great um, way, yes. Now, I'll tell you
3: another, another um, thing that uh, they still do, um, they did back years ago as well, is they'll invite you to come to a meeting, but they won't tell you what it's for. Uh, that happens a lot. I've actually had friends of mine, and we'll talk about friends because you'll mostly be ripped off by of your friends. Uh, okay. Just, you know, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But your friends okay. will tell you, just come to this meeting, and you'll say, well, what's the name of the program? Is it, is it Amway? Is it this? Is it that? And, uh-huh. and they won't tell you, and they won't tell you for a reason. And the reason is they know that you can go on the Internet, type in I hate blank, and you'll find out that it's a scam. So if they won't tell you what the meeting mm. is, you've
2: got
3: to say no, you know, and, and okay. say no can be very difficult to your friends and relatives, uh, and we'll talk about that in a minute as well if if you'd like. Okay, um, now we got – what
0: I'm going to do is I'm going to take a two-minute break here, okay, and then I'm going to come back. Okay. And, um, and then we're going to finish up what you just got finished, saying, so that you can finish it up. And there's a caller that is on the line. Perhaps they might have comments or views or whatever about it, so we will put them onto the line as well. Okay. Okay, so we'll, I will be right back. We will sure. be right back on the Lardy Miss Lardy Blog Talk radio show in just a moment.
2: human, sometimes I, I just don't know. Thank you. But I... I'm
0: I was once your lover, but now I am your friend. My goodness, boy, oh, I tell you, we fall right back in love again. Sometimes it can be a scam on that, too, you guys. We'll talk about that in another on another segment. But for now, we are coming back to um, Doug Shear, who is telling us about how to avoid scam artists on quick get-rich schemes. And so we are back here on the Lardy Miss Cardi Blog Talk Radio Show to allow more education on this. But for now, we're going to kick it on over here to Brother Blondie, and he is going to tell us who is that that was talking about right back in love again. Come on with it, Brother Blondie.
1: Well, you know, Lardy Miss Cardi, we got to take it back to the old school, the 1977 The name of the group is called Love, Togetherness, and Devotion, a.k.a. LTD. And the name of that song was Back in Love Again. That also led the good solo career of LTD's former lead singer Jeffrey Osborne. But uh, getting back to uh, Mr. Doug Shear, and my question to you, uh, Doug, and uh, I wanted to ask you this very important uh question involving the scheming business. What do you think of the infomercial business? Carlton sheets and you know, well, uh, get get wealthy and all that by uh real estate. Does that stuff work or is it a scam? Or someone like Kevin Trudeau who's selling the free money books, who has the weight loss care, who has the uh natural cures and all uh, all that type stuff. What are your uh thoughts on those type of get rich quick scams that you see on TV uh real late at night?
3: Uh, that's a good question, Brother Blondie. And uh, by the way, that was some great music. I really enjoyed that. Um, the um you know, they're all they're all different. Um Here's the problem. The ones, for example, that, say, make money in real estate with nothing down and and so on and so forth, um, they're basically scams because the people who buy the program are not going to be able to do the program. The reality is that you're either a good salesperson or you're not. If you're a great salesperson, you can make money selling anything, from clothing to fertilizer to just about anything on the planet. If you're not a good salesperson, you're not going to make money on any of these get-rich-quick scams. So it's not illegal because they're, what they're selling is an actual product. And in theory, if somebody was a good salesperson and had, was a savvy business person and had everything it takes to become successful, they could get some value from that information that they're getting. Um, the thing with the natural cures, again, there, it's it's – somewhat of a scam some things work for some people they don't work for other things we actually own some of these books that uh, that my wife purchased we've never used them we flip through them it turns out there's nothing there's no information in those books that is not readily available anyplace else but they don't quite qualify as a scam because they're actually selling you a product whether there's a value in it or not probably not will somebody get some value from it possibly So it's not exactly a scam in the same sense as, you know, get rich quick by simply selling the chance to get rich quick. It's a different kind of a scam. Does that answer your question?
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. Um, what I'm going to do is I am going to see if this caller may have some comments or or maybe a view on this as well. So I'm going to call this caller in to come in if he has something to say or she has something to say. Here is the time to do it. Caller eight five six eight. Are you on the line?
4: Yes, ma'am. Leon from Tuskegee. Miss Bonnie, how you doing?
0: Well, how are you doing, Mr. Leon? It's a pleasure to hear from you, and it's welcome back. It's good to hear from you,
1: my brother.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's good to have you on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk radio show. And I have with us as a guest today, uh, which is uh Doug Shear, and we just call him Doug, of course, and he's given us some great information on how to avoid being, you know, ripped off by uh, scam artists. And, you know, and I just thought maybe that you might have a few things, a few words you wanted to say on it or questions you wanted to ask Doug today.
4: Well, i like to say that uh, he appears to be the expert that he claimed to be. He's done a good job of uh, answering the questions that Brother uh, Blondie put to him. But he's been so nice to the people. So good cop, bad cop, I have to come in and be the bad guy to say that he's too <laughs> nice.
0: To, okay, too Doug. Nice you, oh. a now Doug, you're gonna have you got you gotta you gotta challenge here. Okay, so get ready. Okay.
4: He's too nice to greedy and stupid people. Because by the time we get to be fifteen years old and um uh, uh, what, middle school and then moving on up toward high school, we have whipped game on everybody who wasn't our friends and most of the people who were our friends, too. And by the time we graduate from high school and don't mess around and go through college, you come out at 20 and you have whipped game on just about everybody, including mama, papa, grandmama, and etc. Now, by that time, you ought to know what's for real and what's not for real, And you ought to have some good common sense. And one of those common sense notions ought to be that you ought to know that you don't get anything of value free. Now, anybody throw anything up in front of you and say free on it, you can almost chalk that up as being a scam right from the start. Now, you go into the workforce, and you stay into the workforce for five or six years, and you deal with those corporate managers or those supervisors are those ignorant people on the job who just like to make your life miserable. Now, by the time you get through that, you ought to really be well-schooled on what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly. So, Brother Doug, I can appreciate your diplomacy and everything and being nice to us for going out there and being greedy and trying to bite off on something that's free. But what we are really is too greedy and stuck on stupid when we are past
3: 25 or 30 years old and we get caught up in scams? Well, are Leon, you there? Leon, Right. Uh, I mean, I, part of me says, yes, I agree with you. Uh, to get caught on a scam, you have to be kind of a freaking idiot um, because in the world of information that we're in right now, why would you be so dumb as to do that? But, um, and probably for years I felt that way, but I think as I've gotten older, I've gotten more compassion for people. And you also have to consider that a lot of people who are caught are are, uh, immigrants, are people who have not been in the country very long, are are very much at prey, people who have not been through college, who have not been in corporate America, um, and yes, sometimes very, very intelligent people do get caught uh, with these scams. Uh, but for the most part they are people who aren't educated and really are just desperate to get ahead. So, yeah, I probably have more compassion for them now than I used to and, and maybe more than you do right now.
0: I, uh, okay, now Doug, I'm gonna have Brother Blondie. He has something that he wants to say to you, and uh, I would like to get back to what you were talking about that you were going to talk um, on on the issues of what before we went on to break. I want to get back to that as well. So after Brother Blondie, you know, state what he wants to have to say to you, then we I would like to really back before we had went on that break, so that you can finish up that that particular area because um, I believe that everybody needs to understand, you know, what to look for and how to say no. You know, so Brother Blondie, state your case and come on with it and so that we can have Doug to finish up how to say no. Okay, bring it on.
1: Okay, uh, Doug, one of the things that I definitely learned how to say no as far as a yes I'm asking a uh, serious uh question referring to his uh talk about the internet being a uh scam on my emails I always get uh offers of free fifty dollar gift cards from Mcdonald's and k f c and uh uh walmart uh tell me more information about those scams sir
3: okay that's a good question and some of them are scams and some of them are not and that's the problem because you have to be very careful what people on the internet want to do more than anything else is capture a live human being they want to know that an email address they have is a real email address uh, because then they can sell that to other people your name is worth a lot of money if it's if it's a live name If you're getting a lot of spam uh, from companies, it's because somebody has figured out that you're a live person at this email address and it's being sold and resold and resold and resold, and sometimes your name is making more money for somebody else than it's ever made for you. Um, It's kind of a crazy thing. But there's no way to know exactly whether something that you're getting is a scam or not. If you get a coupon directly from Walmart.com, for example – you probably can trust the fact that it came from Walmart. If you get it from a, a company called, uh, you know, yourneighborhoodscam.com, you know, well, you know, you don't want to click on it. Basically, if you don't know where your email is coming from, exactly who it's coming from, and what the subject is, don't open it. Because it's the Wild West out there. There's no regulation of the internet, and you will end up getting either viruses or cookies on your um, computer that allow people to track everything that you do um, everywhere you go um, or you'll, you'll wind up being prey to somebody's scam and either spending money or you just might end up giving them your name and then they can sell your name. So that's, that's a good idea. is
0: interesting that you talk about uh, how they, uh, how your name makes them money. Explain that. And again, and, and, and then go back to the part where you show those how to say, no, now I heard you say something about if this subject has no subject in it at all, and we're talking about those emails that you get that have no subject on it, you know, don't bother those. But say you have, you know, some of those emails, or some of those infomercials, or some of those, you know, uh, uh, uh other other websites that you know pull you on to to uh, to see what's going on in their websites. You said that your name makes them money. Is that because is that say like for instance I'll use myself as an example. Here I am, Lardy Miss Clardy. You know, uh, A.K.A. Wendy Clardy, and you know, and I have a bunch of things that's on Google. You know uh, that I wrote articles and different things of this sort. You mean to tell me that they can go and look me up and all my information and then and come back and find a way to make money off of me without me knowing it?
3: Yeah, the short answer is yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> now, how do you get that back to make money off of him for making money off of you? You,
3: you can't. Uh, here's the reality is that the reason that people spam uh, people's computers and you get email from people and companies you've never heard of is because mm-hmm. spamming works. Because okay. somebody is able okay. to sit uh, at their office and send out 25 million emails at one time. And so even if only .00001% respond, they're still mm-hmm. making money at it. But what they look for are live people because a lot of people start emails and then abandon them. They're not, you, you probably have several emails in the course of your life that you've never checked again. You've kind of left them alone, sort of dead-end emails. But the ones that you actually answer and click on, that lets people know that there's a live person there. And those are worth money. And they can sell your name anywhere from pennies to dollars, depending. Uh, And there's really nothing you can do about it other than don't open an email unless it's from somebody you know. That really is simply, or someplace that you've personally navigated to. Otherwise, you're really taking a big chance.
0: Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that, Doug, you know, because that's very interesting that you are telling us about that part, because 'cause I've really never paid any attention to those things, you know usually, I just overlook some of the stuff that's on my emails anyway, and you know I'm using myself as a prime example, you know uh you know, as I can be some point you know uh non informed about you know certain things and 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 the information that you bring in and the education that you bring in to the Lardy Miss Carney blog talk radio show, although it is for the listeners that listen. To this show it's also good for me too, because you know I see a lot of things that's coming through my mailbox and through my email, and you know wherever else they can crawl under to, to try to sell me something or to take something sure. from me and it 's good to know these things now. How do I say no that I need to know what to do to say no and how and and, 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 and when to say it because see you don 't know what what is real and what isn't? And I know that you spoke on, you know, when, when, when they, uh, a particular advertisement come on and they said that, you know, this is not a quick, rich scheme uh, or a scam, and that's when you should say, yes, you are, <laughs> because if they're not for real, they w- if they're for real, they would not be saying that. Okay, you know, but are there any other uh, small technical words that they will use that would make them, you you know what I'm saying? Absolutely, I'll give you more. Give me, okay, give me more.
3: I'll give you at least two more, but let me also say that because you are a public figure, you are more likely to be scammed than anybody that's not a public figure. So you
0: have to be
3: especially careful, particularly of identity theft, which is a level of scam that's like a quantum leap beyond the kind of stuff we're talking about. So yes. you need to be doubly checking everything that you do to make sure that nobody is, is assuming your identity because you're out there in the open. I mean, the Internet is, is a if window I in your life. Um, <coughs> so that can be a problem. Here, here's another, um, another phrase that you'll hear a lot from scam artists, and mainly from your friends and family who want to bring you in because most people are scammed by their friends and family. What they're going to tell you is, if you do what I do, you'll make as much money as I am. That's a stock phrase. And they're (laughs) taught to say that the day they sign up for the program. They'll tell you, when you talk to your family, when you talk to your friends, your neighbors, tell them that all you have to do is do what I do and you'll make as much money as I am. If you hear that, turn around and run.
0: I will run.
3: Uh, because I they, will
0: run. They, I wrote that down, Doug.
3: Now, they're not lying because they're not making anything. They're okay. not making any money. And so when they say to you, if you do what I do, you'll make as much money as I am, they're actually not lying. But the thing is, you're not going to be making any money. Right. So that's one of the things you want to look out for. Um, another thing you want to look out for is um, a lot of the newer scams, when they come out, you'll hear them from different sources. You might hear it from a family member uh, plus a friend. Somebody from the Internet sends you something, and they'll say, I already got my first check in the amount of, and it'll be a specific amount. And then when you hear it from your friend, they'll tell you the same thing with the exact same amount. And then you'll see it on the Internet, and they'll say, uh, oh, you have to do this program I'm doing. I just got my first check in the amount of, and it's the exact same amount. That's a warning sign that they're making it up. Your okay. friends lie to you, Miss Clardy. I'm sorry to say that, but they're going to no, lie. That's the truth. They're going to believe. Why you
0: think why you think that I am doing victimization and fraud? Because it happens. It happens to even in your in your families. You know what I mean. And so it's good that you're bringing this, you know, to us this way. Tell it like it is, Doug.
3: I mean, you have, it's unfortunate, but. You see, what happens is one of your relatives or your friends will go to one of these meetings and they'll get so fired up, they'll believe they can get rich. They'll get fired up, believe me, and they're going to go over and they're going to lie to you because they're so fired up they really believe that they're going to make money Uh and you're going to make money. Uh
2: So it's
3: not like they really want to scam you or they dislike you or they're trying to hurt you. They just get so fired up and they want to share that. So you need to forgive your friends. Just don't give them any money. I know
0: uh, no, that's right.
3: Saying no. Okay, saying no for some people is very easy. I have a feeling that you and brother Blondie can look somebody right in the face and Leon who called in will look somebody <laughs> right in the face and say, "No. No, I'm not interested. No.
0: I'm not. That's right.
3: But it can be it can be difficult. And it can be difficult especially if you go to one of these meetings and you're sitting there and the person is hammering away at you using their little verbal waterboarding techniques and they're trying to beat you into making a decision. And what they normally will do is give you an ultimatum. Uh-huh.
2: They will say,
3: you do it now or you can't do it later. And they do that because they know that if you go home and think about it, you're going to say no. So they're going to say to you, choose right now. In fact, one of the lines you'll hear a lot is, people who can make quick decisions are the ones who are successful. Do you want to okay. be successful? If you do, you need to make a quick decision. Now, I use this little technique that works for me. I tell people, look. My father, I made this up by the way. My father on his deathbed said to me, "Son, if somebody ever gives you an ultimatum, say no. If they ever say to you, it's now or never, you say never." And that's like
0: <laughs> That's right.
3: And I say to Wait, them, a no, Wait a minute. Wait a minute,
0: brother <laughs> Brother Blondie got something to say, and I'm sure that probably Brother Leon might have something to say about this, too. But one at a time, we'll go first, one, two, and three, defaultness. Hold on, because that's a great point, Doug. Hold on, let Brother Blondie have his comment to say, and then I'm going to bring in Brother Leon, because I'm sure that they have something to say about that, too, because you're absolutely right. Brother Blondie?
3: Uh.
1: Doug, one of the greatest business uh, ultimatums you know that uh, that uh, supports your uh, point on this, uh, around this time in September in 1966, uh, Jim Brown was close to making a tough business decision. He was late for practice. Uh, in fact, he didn't show up for practice because he was in Germany uh, doing the dirty dozen. So he couldn't... Uh, people was wondering, well, is he going to be a football player or is he going to be an actor? Well, Cleveland Browns owner Art Modell gave Jim Brown the ultimatum. Either he leaves the movie set of the Dirty Dozen and uh, come back and play football, or he was going to find him $1,000 for each practice that he uh, missed. So what Jim Brown did was the very next day he announced on the set of the Dirty Dozen that he was going to – uh to retire from the n f l and be a full time actor that's uh the story that i wanted to give you that support your uh uh ultimatum claim. If someone uh uh gives you an ultimatum you always take the uh, uh opposite and i'm uh absolutely uh, and o- on that note i do agree with you on that uh one billion percent Doug. yeah that
3: that's a that's a great you, brother, I didn't money know
1: that.
0: that's great that's awesome that is awesome what do you think about that Doug? I, I,
3: right, I didn't know that story, but really the reality is whenever anyone gives you an ultimatum, like, like Brother Blondie said, the, the answer has got to be no. And you simply state, that's my policy that I live by my entire life. And there's really no way to counter that. There's no way that they can say anything. And that's a good way to walk out of a meeting and simply say, I'll think about it. But, but if yep. you give me an ultimatum, the answer is no. No. What do you
0: think about it, Brother, uh, Brother Leon? I know that you got something to say about that, too.
4: <laughs> yeah, I have something to say about everything. I'd, I'd like to agree uh, with Doug. Ultimatums ought to be refused, but I can tell you one thing. Ultimatums by a very persuasive person is very difficult because it really jars your mind to the point that you may make a mistake here, and if you tell this person no and shut the door, that opportunity may go, and we've been taught so long in our lives about don't miss opportunities, they're coming past, you have to jump on board, so that's a psychological thing that's very tough, so I would like to offer this uh, suggestion. The only way that you're going to really be effective at anything is to practice it and the best way to practice dealing with these scam schemes, and ultimatums is to practice what-ifs, and you don't wait until the ultimatum comes, but you walk around uh, in different places among different people, talking to different people and saying, what if this person would give me an ultimatum that I'd have to do this or have to do that? And if it's, if it's a very persuasive person, then you've got to go with what if doesn't make any difference. I tell that person no, just like I tell any other person no. Let me give you a quick story on what happened to me about three weeks ago. I went into Walmart, and I needed two tires. And I had a thief come up to me and tell me, hey, man, how many tires you going to order? I said, two. He said, okay, order one. I'll give you one free. Okay, and you can just take care of me for less than what you'd have to pay for mm. I thought about it for a second. I said, okay, cool go ahead. So he went out and he said, now you go tell the man that you changed your mind. You don't want but one tire. I said, okay, cool. So I went over to the uh, man who was in charge and I said, I changed my mind. I'm only purchasing one tire today. He said, okay, what side do you want it on? I said, put it on the driver's side. He said, okay, cool. So then I stood up and watched while the thief put two tires on my car and had drawn me into a scheme to get Walmart, you see. And wow. when, I, when I got my two tires on, I, I went out to the car, and this thief was standing out there waiting for me. He said, he said okay, now uh, give me mine now, you know. I said, man, I don't have any more money. Now he said, oh, man, that ain't the deal. I told you I could save you $30, and, and you supposed to have been giving me 40 I said, look, man, I just don't have no money on me right now. I said, when you work again, I'll come back. He said, well, I don't work no more until Sunday, but I need mine now. I said, well, I can't help you now. And so he stood up there sweating and looking at me like he'd like to do something to me. And I got in my car and drove off, and I drove right around to the other side of the parking lot. And I parked and went inside, and I asked for security. And when security came out, I told him that I had just gotten two new tires on my car, and I only had to pay for one. And I didn't even have to explain who the character was, because the security officer named him, you know, and I didn't know what his name was, but he knew exactly what, uh, who I was talking about, and pulled out a couple sheets of paper, and they'd had him documented up to a T. Now, that was a gamble in what I did, because they may have had this guy under surveillance and may have seen me as a thief, too, and they could have did that bust. And I may not have had a chance to explain, but that's a gamble that I had to take. And I went around there and gave my report and wrote my documents for Walmart because I knew well that if he was scamming for, for himself on me, he was scamming on other people, and he was going to do two or, one of two things, probably both. Number one, he's going to make the price of the merchandise go up, and all of us innocent people are going to have to pay the bill for what he's ripping off that's coming up in inventory. Number two, if the police is investigating him and they got him locked down on the camera, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth to the tenth person may very well become victims and suspects rather than just greedy people. So therefore... Okay. I sent that thug a message that I bet you he won't forget for a long time to come. You have to Absolutely. know yourself to know what you are about, and you have to stand on principle.
0: Absolutely. I really do appreciate that story, Brother Leon. And Brother Brother Doug, what do you think about that? Okay, we got like two minutes before we get ready to go on the break. Tell us what you think about that story and what comment you have to say behind that.
3: Well, I think the first part uh, that he mentioned about practicing saying no is is great, uh, particularly if you go with your spouse to one of these get-rich-quick schemes um, because they like to get the man and the woman there together. Uh, so when you go, you want to practice with your, you know, like you say, good cop, bad cop. Uh, mm-hmm. You want to make sure that you absolutely have agreed ahead of time that you're not going to fall for an ultimatum. Um, Leon is correct when he says that, you can, uh, it, they can give you an ultimatum that is very, very powerful. I went to one presentation once just to investigate some scam for a company called Unaway. And when I told them that I did not want the program, they said, well, then you need to sign a document stating that you are refusing the program and that you will never, ever in the future be able to take advantage of it. Um, and we did that because in order to get the gift for showing up, it was a free trip to Hawaii, uh, which I'll tell you about. It's not so free. Uh, You have to (laughs) sign a document refusing to become part of the program. So that's how powerful they can be with the ultimatums. The free trip to Hawaii that they offer, by the way, is another scam. They offer you free plane tickets to Hawaii, but in order to use them, you have to go at the peak of the season, and you have to stay at the most expensive hotel on the island. So my God.
2: little
3: research, and we found that it would be cheaper to buy our own tickets, stay at a nice hotel, than to take advantage of their offer. So whatever anybody offers you anything for free, it's not. That's just the reality of it. There, there's a there's a price to be paid. As far as his uh, Walmart experience, I mean, that takes a lot of nerve, a lot of guts on his part to expose uh, those types of, uh, of thieves. I mean, they really are thieves. And, um, you know, I, I certainly commend him for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do too, Doug. And we've got 20 minutes to down, down to the time. We're coming down to the wire here. And, you know, and I want to, uh, say to you again that this is Doug Shear, and he has published a book called American Karma. And you can learn more about his book at his website at I, M as in Mary, A-G-I, S as in Sam, A, U R U S as in Sam, R E X as in Exam. dot com, or learn more about his real life credentials at silverstein dot net. Now, I am very appreciative that that Doug has got onto the show to tell us what to do to keep from being a, uh, you know, being duped. That's all I'm going to say about that by Ripoff Scam Artists. And I think it's a wonderful thing that he is on the show to share with us because I'm one that do not like to get duped. I don't like automatons, and I don't like to be tricked. So therefore, and if you got the same ideal I got, this is the show for you, right here on the Lardy Miss Party Blog Talk Radio Show. If you have any comments and views, please call us at the line of 347-884-8684. Or or you can email us and I will give you that email later on in the show. But for now we're going to take a break and we will be right back.
2: Hit the player floor. about a move. Put a hand on the game What I'm down to and bring it back to me. Hit the player floor. about a move. Put a hand on the game Get it right, get it right, get it tight. get it right, get it tight. get it right, get it, right get it tight. Get it right, get, get, a- get, it, right, get it tight. Well, I will leave you. You need me. Take it out, Let it flop, Shake it freely. And I don't sell stories. I let them tell itself. And you ain't gotta sell sex, girl. let tell themselves. Like nothing else. Yeah, I'ma touch boy. but that big city bottom fill me up with joy. Ain't
1: life praying. Live it
2: up, daddy. The big old wigs flow, baby. Cause you just ready. Put it down on me. Enthusiastically, whatever it is that you do, you do it admirably. And I ain't choose it it, I ain't chose me. It's over taking it, and all the way insane. Booty 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 Bring it, bring it, Hit the player's floor, somebody must have to Put a tan on the here, see what it comes down it's Hit the new pool, just gather and bring it back to. Hit the player's floor, somebody must have to Put a tan on the here, see what it comes down Get it right, get it tight, 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 right, get it tight. Quarter to twelve and we just gettin' in, but we to make it strong with the yin-yang queen, livin' on the draw, long, 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 Charlie in the song, Whoa long long, long, long. And she jigglin', motherfuckin' wigglin', keep that thing shakin' like she bitch. shiverin', and she deliverin', all type of plans, she's cashin', got these all shakin', i am going last <laughs> i guarantee going, so. the going to you, going to take and the show the, <laughs> do that the Just a minute ago, I guarantee you, i pay all the dollars. i going do the work with the guy and to get what you want. I don't let it make you. Put a the well. Put a the well. Put it booty, butdy, a- Bonillaribu- right, right a- Boys, that's that's there, a- the well. Put a it the Put a the Put a on, the Put the well. Put the Put I'm not a motherfucker, you understand all the games, Get it right, get it right, get it tight. Get it right, get it right, get it it tight. Get it right, get it right, get it tight. Get it right, get it right, get it tight. Hi there. How are things? I once was a press man. Now it seems, ever since I had the pleasure of getting you together, you're chested to whatever. I found a very treasure. Yes, ma'am. Here's the plan. Meet me over yonder, okay? Don't play. I'll bring the book i'm gonna pick that stuff up everything is good put it put it put it put it right here never well put it put it put it right and never well put it put it put it right and bring it back to me hit the play it's about up to the put a stand on the empty i found you to yeah. just you. Get it together bring it back to me yeah. Get
0: the the him, the all, the all right, get it right, get it tight right here on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. Uh, I am Lardy Miss Clardy, Lardy Miss Clardy. And to Brother Blondie, boy, I tell you, he always have a surprise here and now, here and ever, ever, ever. What you say? Never, ever, ever? (laughs) I think you have to give my co-host, but I love him because he's always got something, something to blow your mind up with. And so, Brother Blondie, who is that that you said, get it right, get it tight, and something about the booty thing. What's that all about?
1: Oh, well, that's uh, a couple years ago, a classic uh, hit from Bubba Sparks featuring the Yin Yang Twins. And the name of the song is simply
2: Booty, 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 Booty
1: walking Everywhere. Oh, <laughs> uh, y'all hear him. He's something uh, uh,
0: else, y'all. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, and um, uh, one more quick uh, uh, thing that I wanted to point out before we uh, get back to our uh, show, uh, uh, Lardy Miss Clardy, is that this is our last show for the summer. You know, we're going to take a, you, you know, a break, a little bit of hiatus, but, you know, we'll, uh, I, I don't know for a couple of weeks. Or, uh, yeah,
0: it'd be probably around about the twenty third when we'll come back, and but we will have some live things going on at that point, and perhaps Doug will join us on that time. You know, I think that it will be a nice, you know, uh, uh, comeback. You know, I'm enjoying Doug Shear, A.K.A. Bob Silverstein. Uh that's a heck of a darn name. I love the name Bob Silverstein. That's really a nice name. I really like it. And I just want to tell you thank you again for, you know, coming on to the show and sharing with us, you know, all of what we need to know about how to avoid being duped and ripped off by scam artists. And um, I know, Brother Blondie, that you said that uh, the Black Anti-Defamation Council got something going on this Sunday Um Explain that, and and we'll get back to Doug so that he can, you know, take us on out of here with, you know, more solutions and more on how to avoid scams.
1: Well, you know, uh, the Black Anti-Defamation Council will have its meeting uh, tomorrow afternoon at 3 p.m. That address is at 899 East Broad Street, Columbus, Ohio, right on the corner of Broad and 18th, coming to the back Uh, Rear uh, interest uh, as we'll be discussing about the African village and uh, it will be a good meeting and I'm advising everyone who lives in the Columbus, Ohio area to uh, show up but my question uh, entering this to Doug another uh, get rich quick uh, scheme that no one talks about and that is the music industry You know, uh, whether it's hip-hop, whether it's country, whether it's R&B, you have more and more one-hit artists than ever. And, you know, it's rare, it's easy to have a hit. uh, What the producers never tell you, it's easy to have a hit single, but it's difficult to have a 20-year career. Can you explain the Scheme in that, and what is the key for an artist to avoid that uh, scheme to have a possible 10 year, 20 year career like anybody would want to have that type of longevity
3: at any job? Well, that's quite a question, and it's probably one that I cannot answer. Um, I know a little bit about the music industry because uh, my son is a musician. Uh, it's a fast-changing environment. Uh, the old days of studios uh, investing in the musician and bringing them along and, and developing them and so on is sort of past for the most part, and musicians have to take a lot more control of their own uh, careers and their own uh, promotion and their own marketing and so on and so forth. I, I know there's a lot of scams out there on musicians or anybody in the artistic field. There are a lot of scams on writers, um, which I'm very familiar with, um, a lot of people will uh, pretend to be an agent but then charge you to read their, read your work. Um, so there's all kinds of scams out there. Basically, if you're an artist and you have to pay somebody to be read or heard, it's a scam. Uh, they're supposed to pay you. So if it's the other way around, you're being scammed. That's just the reality of it. As to how to maintain a good you know, 10, 20-year career as a musician, um, if you find the answer to that, let me know and I'll pass it on. But uh, but I don't. Um, It's it's not only not my area of expertise, and I I wouldn't pretend to be.
0: All right, all right, Um, brother Leon, would you happen to know anything about that about the uh, about the um, uh, the music industry and you know there are quick schemes there to uh, get rich and different things you know since everybody think going into the hip hop area and the rapping and different things you know and using sex and, and, you know, females to, you know, bring on fast money to the industry. What do you think?
4: Well, first of all, I want to address that music that Brother Ponder played, and I want to re-spell your, your first uh, title
0: with L-O-R-D-Y, Lordy. Nope, no, Lordy, no. L-A-R-D. No, I <laughs> now listen to the old man. All right.
4: Lordy, have mercy. Brother Blondie, Lordy. you ought to be
0: <laughs> Now, you listen, listening, Brother Blondie.
4: <laughs> All, right. All right. Come now, on with
0: it. Now
4: that I have that said, uh, <laughs> well, I think that uh, scam, I don't know a lot about it, uh, just like Brother Doug, but uh, that thing is just like everything else. You have... Um, Michael Jackson did a beautiful thing when he started going downhill and the corporation started really dumping on him. He had bought that Beatles uh album and a bunch of other high power stuff and he came out and actually charged the music industry with ripping off especially black people. And they didn't like Michael Jackson to that very much and they came down on him with the with the two shoes, let's say. And um Ever since that time, the hammer never did lighten up on him anymore. And I think what he was trying to expose was you, you have a lot of young black talent uh, that came out here in this uh, rap thing. And um, little young black boys had developed a brand new cultural thing. And corporations saw that that was an opportunity to make megabucks. And so they uh, allowed these young boys to come out and do their thing. And once they started doing their thing and they went the appetite of young white children, young black children, young all kind of children, and the corporations got a clear perspective, then the corporations then geared in on uh, gangster rap. And they made it very dirty and very nasty, and then they took that gangster rap and they hijacked, from my perspective, hip hop. And by this time, you had all of these young boys now ready and anxious to jump on board because when you can offer a poor boy from the ghetto, you know, a pretty good chunk of change in one pack, and he can see he can see that he can buy his mama a new house out of the ghetto, you can get him to just about commit to the ultimatum that we have uh, alluded to, uh, you know, previously. And so you offer him that big chunk and say, take it now or never, and that young boy is going to put his voice on the line, put his talent on the line, and the corporation take him then, get him for little or nothing, and then promote him
2: big time.
4: And I think that is a scam just as much as anything else that we've talked about today, and I have no specific Uh, evidence to back that
0: up. Okay, well, thank you very much for your comment on that. And, Doug, um, you know, if you have a comment to that, that's good. Um, But my last words would be, since we only have 13 minutes remaining for the show, I want to ask you a question in lieu of the comment that you may have for Brother uh, Leon um, on, on what he had to say. But I wanted to go back to where you said on your published book about the American Karma, where Twilight of the Marijuana Gods about your encounter with Glenn Turner Enterprises, and how did that give and, and how did that give you a deep insight into the minds of the ripoff artists? Was that because of Glenn Turner Enterprises and what happened in there? So that's the last of. What I would like to ask as as communication on, you know, asking that question, and if you have a comment to Brother Leon's uh, statements, you can do that, too. We have 12 minutes remaining, and give us what you've got, Doug.
3: Okay, great. Um, Well, uh, first of all, um, the reason I'm not – I didn't use my real name on the book is because my first book that I published was a very dark, over-the-edge novel with lots of sex and drugs and so forth, and at the time I was working at a very respectable financial institution, so that's why the name Doug Shear, Uh, and my website is dougshear.net is where they should go to find out more about my books and stuff. Um, But as far as Glenn Turner, Glenn Turner was a poor, ignorant, hair-lipped man, no education, could barely speak, um, not very attractive, bald, and he made millions of dollars selling pyramid schemes. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I think, uh, Ms. Clardy, it might be good to describe exactly what a pyramid scheme is um, yeah, and how okay. I got involved in it. And Basically, a pyramid scheme is when they come to you and say, if you sell five franchises, you're going to make, let's say, $5,000. And then when the five people you sell franchises to, they each sell five franchises. Now, that's 25 franchises. You're going to make $500 on every franchise they sell. And when those 25 people sell five franchises, now that's another 125 franchises, you'll make maybe $100 on every one they sell. So you're at the top of the pyramid, and as people sell these franchises below you, it expands to the point where suddenly there are thousands of people selling franchises for you, and the money just flows right up into your pocket.
0: Right. Sounds wow.
3: wonderful. Yeah. It, it doesn't work except for the people who start it uh, for a number okay. of reasons. Um, <laughs> number one, if you're not a salesman, you're not going to sell any franchises. You'll buy one. You'll never sell another one because you're not a salesperson. Yeah, you have to be a salesperson. It's a particular skill. You have to be motivated. So that's number one. Number two, the people that you do sell to are going to be your friends and family. And once you sell them a franchise, who are they going to sell theirs to? The same people right. you're yours to. So it's a, that's where the scam comes from. There's no real product. It's just selling the franchise, which is the right to sell the franchise. Now, I got involved because I was hitchhiking around the country when I was 17, like I said. and I, I was a long-haired hippie. And... Uh, got picked up by two gentlemen, two uh, very nice, friendly Italian gentlemen named um, uh, Tony and Gizzy, and uh, they told me that they could make me rich, and wow. I thought to myself, okay, I wouldn't mind being rich. That could be fun. Um, I was only 17 years old at the time, and I thought to myself, well, if I get rich now, I'll never have to work a day in my life, which is very appealing to people, um, to think you could become so rich to never have to work again. And so they taught me everything I needed to know about being a scam artist. The first thing they taught me was how to bird dog people. Bird dogging uh, is a term that is used to describe choosing people in a crowd that you want to approach and try to scam. Uh, the reason I know all about these things is because I became a scam artist. Um... A very unsuccessful scam artist, I would add, very unsuccessful, But because I was only a kid. But they taught you how to choose somebody that wasn't too rich-looking, wasn't too poor-looking, wasn't in too much of a hurry. You would find the right person and walk up to them and say, sir or ma'am, how would you like to get rich? Just come to this meeting, and we'll show you how to get rich. It won't cost you anything, and we'll give you refreshments, and you would pass out a flyer. And you would bird dog maybe 100 people in a busy street corner. And if you were lucky, maybe five or six of them would come to the meeting. And at the meeting, then they would bring out the real professional scam artists. And they would get up there, and they would scream and shout and talk about all the money you could make and how easy it was to make and so on and so forth. And then you would sit down with the people who had attended and try to get them to hand you a check for $2,500. Wow,
0: wow,
3: that's, wow. I could convince nobody. I brought people to the meetings, but nobody ever gave me a check for $2,500 because I was a 17-year-old kid with long hair and a beard, and I looked like a hippie.
0: Now, what I'm um, going to do, hold on for a
3: minute, Doug. Um,
0: I'm having a low battery crisis at this time. What I'm going to do is check, huh?
3: I may as well on my phone.
0: Yeah, I'm having a low battery crisis here. But what I'm going to do is change over. You might have a y'all might hear a slight uh pause for a minute, but I'll be right back. Just don't just don't think I just fell off the, the air and that's it. I'm just going to change over, okay? And I'll be right back, okay? Now we got seven minutes, and in them seven minutes, and while we're you know trying to connect everything up, um, um, Doug, you know, give us two to three minutes on. How, what kind of solution that we can get from this on how not to become um, abducted and tricked and duped by the scam artists. And then give them, you know, uh, where they can learn more about your book at the website. Now, I, would, I, I had a good time with this. Is this a
3: No, I think their best bet would be to go to DougShear.com.
0: Let them go to dougshear. dot com. Okay. Well,
3: just let me let me let me change over, and then
0: um, I'll be right back. There might be a small pause here of silence, but I will be right back, and we'll go into the uh, the solutions, and you know where you can find his book and credentials right here on the Large List Party Blog Talk Radio Show. I'll be right back now.
3: Go ahead, Doug, uh, uh, when you finish
1: time, out, I'll come in. Radio on okay. I'm hearing radio.com slash uh, Wendy hyphen. Go ahead, Doug, and talk. Uh, you can be hearing, heard.
3: Hearing some uh, some uh, talk. Oh. oh, there we go. Okay, am I on? Hello? Hello?
0: Wait a minute. No problem. Wait a minute. I think, like I said, you guys can keep on talking. We getting ready to switch over. I don't know. I think, I think I might have put Brother Leon on, on.
3: on. Okay, hold on.
0: Did I keep talking?
4: Yeah, to keep talking, Doug.
3: Okay. Well, um, like I said, you know, the best place to find out more about me, uh, if anybody wants to, and, and certainly about the book, uh, "American Karma: Twilight of the Marijuana Gods." is to go to dougshear.com, that's d-o-u-g-s-h-e-a-r.com, that's uh, that's one of my websites, Um, and since we're just filling some time here, one thing I might want to mention to you, one of the scams that's coming out a lot is you will receive a check in the mail or an email telling you that you have won a lottery, and a lot of people fall for that. i will tell you that if you want to cash in your lottery ticket, all you have to do is send a processing fee of anywhere from $10 to hundreds of dollars. Now, the reality is you will never win a lottery if you don't play the lottery, but people fall for that all the time. They uh, get a check in the mail, and it says just cash this check, and you know it's, it's a lottery check for you, and maybe it comes from Europe or it comes from Africa or it comes from Asia. Uh, if you did not enter into a lottery, it, you didn't win any lottery money. It's just a scam. But you'll, you'll get that a lot. Um, we talked about the Nigerian scam. One thing you need to know about is that pyramid schemes have also changed in name to what they call multi-level marketing. MLM, multi-level marketing. Multi-level marketing is the same as a pyramid scheme. They'll basically tell you that it's multi-level. So at the very top level, you only franchise. You sell it to two people, you make some money. Those two sell to two people. Now there's one at the top, the two you sold it to, and four below that. And then those four sell one, that's eight below that. That's multi-level marketing. What it means is most lose money, MLM. Don't fall for the multi-level marketing scheme. Uh, they're not going to work for you. The other thing we haven't talked about is the Ponzi scheme. That is what Bernie Madoff used to rip off $50 billion from some of the wealthiest individuals and organizations in this country. The Ponzi scheme is very simple. You convince somebody that you can pay them a return of, say, 10%, much higher than the market, and they give you their money. Maybe they give you $50,000 and you promise them 10% every month. You then convince another person to give you $50,000 for the same thing. The money you get from the second person, you use to pay the first person. So he's getting his 10% every month. He's very happy. He doesn't even know he's been ripped off. Then you find a third person to give you $50,000. You use that to pay the second person and the first person. So what you're doing is you're using new money to pay the old money, but you're only paying them the 10% that you promised them. In the meantime, you're pocketing the rest of it. The uh, Ponzi scheme can go on and on for quite a period of time, and nobody really knows that they're being scammed or ripped off because they're getting their 10% every month. What happens is eventually... Oh. Hello? Hey,
2: Doug. Hey,
3: uh, How
4: in the world... Yeah, let me ask you this. Sure. Uh, what happens to their money, though, that they had in the bank all along?
3: Well, they take that money and they have a heck of a good time with it. They live large. They buy houses. They travel. They, uh, they may buy gold. They may put them into accounts overseas where nobody can touch it. They just take that, that money and they enjoy it. All they have to do is bring in new money to pay the 10% every month from the people they promised the money to.
4: And there was no oversight at all from anybody, or was there any responsibility for oversight?
3: No, there, there isn't. The, the, really, people have to be responsible for their own, um, their own financial security. What, what Bernie Madoff did, and he's sort of the master of this, uh, of this scheme. He, he didn't invent it. It's called the Ponzi scheme over the gentleman who invented it, I think, in the 1920s. Uh, But Bernie Madoff stole stole $50 billion worth, and what he did is he pretended to be offended if anybody asked him for information about where their money was. He basically said to them, if you're going to bother me with this, I'll give you all your money back. I don't have time for that. So he sort of pretended like you're offending me. Go someplace else. I don't need your money. So he played on that psychological uh, button, and he got very famous people to invest money with him, including Steven Spielberg, a lot of charities, um, a lot of um, uh, uh, charitable organizations gave him lots of money. Um, and that's kind of how it worked, and he lived quite large. He had a, a heck of a good run before they eventually found him and, and put him in jail, and the only way they got him in jail is because the economy crashed, and he couldn't bring in any new money. And okay. you what know,
4: hallelujah to him being in jail. And let me tell you from watching Miss uh, Claudia's clock here, she has yeah. only a few yeah. seconds left, so I guess we need to just say hey. goodbye to everybody. And uh, I'm glad I, I got a uh, chance to. I you finally and others. did
0: get back on. I finally did get back on. Oh, yeah, I finally did get back on. Um, I just got back on, and I apologize for that delay. But definitely, we are down at the wire at this point and that, you know, we need to make sure that we have this show again. I would like to have you on in the next two weeks, Doug, for us to continue this, because what you are talking about is very important for people to get. But we don't have a lot, no no more time that is left. But definitely I thank you very much for being on the show. And Brother Leon, thank you for contributing to uh, this show as well, and coming on and giving your views and comments. But we got to go and let's know that all you listeners out there for the Lottie Miss Party Blog Talk Radio show. Please call in if you want to be a guest or you just want to make your views. You can call us at 347-884-8684, or you can email us at brotherblondie at com, or you can go on to my website, which is www.familiesandvictimsoffraud.com, and leave an email on that website. I will get it. But until then, Please, everybody, learn when you're going through victimization and you're being frauded against, stand up, speak up, and speak out. You have been on the Lardy Miss Party Blog Talk Radio Show. Everybody have a good night and a great Labor Day holiday. Good night.
1: Clardy. Lardy, Miss Clardy. Lardy, Miss Clardy.